I get it. You're taking me back in time to show me my mother and father, and I'm supposed to get all goosey and blubbery. Well, forget it, pal. You got the wrong guy. That's exactly what Adele Ahn said. But when he saw his mother, Niagara Falls. We have to go back! Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And we are reviewing the 1988 uh, adaptation of Charles Dickens' classic, uh, The Christmas Carol. I almost forgot what it was called. Right. That was weird because they don't call it a Christmas Carol, even in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's they say Charles Dickens' classic Scrooge. Scrooge. If you don't remember Scrooge, uh, it is basically exactly what we described as a modern day or an 80s modern day adaptation of A Christmas Carol, with the exception being that Bill Murray is a television executive and everyone is well aware of uh, the classic, uh, except he is visited by three ghosts and he, you know, is trying to make a brand new Christmas special that's so epic it's gonna kill people. Yeah, I, I think it's still fair to call this modern day, though, because it, it's not that dated. The only thing that really gives away the time period is the fact that a lot of people are taking taxi cabs. Uh, they mm-hmm. have tab just on hand in the office to drink <laughs> and the four by three aspect ratio and the fact that people are watching live TV. But other than that, like it could take place today. Yeah, people could give you a VCR as a gift. Yeah. It's possible. Mary Lou Retton still got it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. By the way, Grayson, I am getting you a VCR for Christmas. I'm oh, sorry. Thank you. For spoiling you, uh, um, uh, Betamax. <laughs> thank you. I'll add it to the rest. Yep. Starring Bill Murray and directed by Richard Donner. Uh, y- y- you might be wondering, uh, So what was Richard Donner doing between Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 2? He was making this movie. Oh. He basically decided, you know what? Why not turn a beloved classic uh, filled with heart and emotion and turn it into a comedy with that guy from Ghostbusters? Yeah, that's how he was known by this point. He really was. Oh, who is it? That guy from Ghostbusters? So Scrooge was Bill Murray's first starring role since Ghostbusters in 1984. He he had been living in Paris and seriously considered giving up acting altogether because he really didn't like the fame that he had reached. And so he basically said, I'm I'm going off the grid. Uh, But he came back and start in this movie and just continue to delight our hearts and being just a lovable curmudgeon. In fact, uh, the U.S. tagline was, Bill Murray is back among the ghosts, only this time it's three against one. Oh my gosh, that's so good. (laughs) How did I not, how is that not your head cannon? Because it's there, it's It's canon. It it is canon, yeah. It's commercial canon. That is... Too good. Oh. That is some low-hanging fruit. Yeah. I walked right by it. Oh, man. Now, Richard Donner initially had reservations about, you know, turning a Christmas carol into a comedy. Uh, and a quote from an interview, he said, It's a thin line, but you have 
two of the most irreverent writers in the world and you have the most irreverent humorist since W.C. Fields and you say, let's go. There's a thin line you walk, but the line is broken, hopefully, in the end of the picture where you see a man evolve out of a situation. Now, Bill Murray, as we've talked about on the podcast, is just amazing. He truly is every role that he embodies and he ad-libbed most of his lines uh and you know richard donna actually had a hard time like reeling him in and they actually had some conflict working together on set because they both had different visions for what this was and uh bill murray goes on saying that uh, richard donner wanted him to be louder hmm. <laughs> that he that's just a thing that he uh, very much disagreed with him with uh, but we ultimately got uh, such a star studded uh, adaptation of A Christmas Carol with Scrooge uh, it opened uh, November 23rd and with a 32 million dollar budget over three months in Hollywood it earned 60 million dollars in the US and it was nominated for an Academy Award what? for best makeup oh, and hairstyling but lost to Beetlejuice. That's tough. But Danny Elfman wins either way. So <laughs> that's fine. We've been seeing for the so <laughs> much Elfman. Now, this movie is so star-studded. I mean, uh, all of the Murray family yeah. got in. <laughs> uh, John Joel, Brian Dole Murray all made appearances in the film. Uh, you have, like... The I this is something that I thought was really interesting. Ghost of or the Marley character, basically. Oh yeah, that actor is Charlie from Charlie's Angels. Oh, you're talking about I, the I, zombie I, golfer? Yes, zombie golfer. Hmm. He was Charlie from Char- Charlie's Angels. And I was like, oh, that's so great. Um, another cool thing uh, that happened in the movie, uh, which may inform headcanon for some people, hmm. um. The film takes place on December 1988, December 1955, uh, December 1968, December 1969, December 1973, uh, the 1990s, the 2000s, and December 2010. Mm. So, there's that. Mm. There's that. Yeah, when they went to 1955, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. sharpen your pencils. <laughs> now, I had not grown up watching this movie. No. In fact, I want to say the first time I watched it was probably within the last like seven years or so. Um, but I don't remember it the same way I remember it now when I watched it because um, I, I remember things just completely differently, like things that just straight up didn't happen in the movie. Uh, but this I think is one of my favorite like iterations of a Christmas Carol. Like it's right behind the Muppet Christmas Carol, which to me is the best. And it was just really great. I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, granted this was like one of the first times, if not the first time that a comedic take was attempted with a Christmas Carol theatrically. We see it all the time with Christmas specials. I can tell you like all the cartoons that have done a Christmas Carol. I, the one I remember the most vividly is a Flintstones Christmas Carol, mm. where it's very meta. They're putting on a Christmas play while 
Fred is also going through his own Ghost of Christmas Past thing, uh, which is hard because they're in the Stone Age. How far back can you go? Yeah, was he like uh, a tadpole? How did that work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It goes to Chris's future. It's just the Jetsons. Yeah, it's like it's George uh, Jetson just sending Fred's body up into space. <laughs> um, but this was one of the first times where this was an original take on it theatrically. And then, you know, the Muppets came uh, in the 90s. But I this is so heartwarming like bill's performance in the third act when he's delivering his message like i it, it got choked up yeah he's just like and, and it's good and there's good and you, and you want that good to keep on happening and, and and you just want every day to be that good i'm just like oh my gosh stop groundhogging me yeah. bill murray it's stop that it. scene is so great too and so emotional because i feel like he didn't plan on crying and the best crying performances on, on film are the ones where uh, they're not trying to cry. They're trying not to cry. Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like. And that was contagious because then I yes. had to try not to cry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was it was just really great. Um, it, was this your first time watching this movie or had you, had you seen this before? No, I think you and I watched it together for the first time. Like when you watched it for the first time, I think it was at my house because we think used right. it to uh, help design a new comedy show that we were working on. We, we used no, that as reference that material. Ba- it was I wasn't with you that time. In spirit, though. I meant it, you were with yes. us in spirit. I was the ghost of Christmas oh, present. Oh, you're the third ghost. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the first time that I watched it and the only time I watched it then. Um, and... I had a similar feeling that you had of like, I thought there was different stuff or I don't remember there being this stuff. My theory is that you and I watched Scrooge to the Richard Donner cut uh, <laughs> because he does that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 the thing I really appreciated this time around, um, you know, being my second time around uh, was I really did pick up on the way a Christmas Carol is just so ingrained in my psyche because I, I thought that the, uh, uh, Bobcat, Bobcat I thought that Bobcat, I thought that just, uh, just right off the bat, I'm like, okay, great. He's going to be, um, Oh, uh, Cratchit. Yeah. Thank you. Cratchit. I was like, okay, he's going to be Cratchit. Great. But then they like, it's like, Nope, he's not going to be Cratchit. She's going to be Cratchit. I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, he's Favorite. more like Rizzo getting knocked off the windowsill, <laughs> if anything. Or I guess it's yeah. the bunny. The the little bunny gets knocked off the windowsill. Yeah. 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 Uh, and just like all these different archetypes, because they really do take what you expect it to be. Like they play with the audience a lot. Yeah. Like you, they make you think, OK, great. So this thing is about to happen. Uh, and they play with him as well, because we're all familiar with. A Christmas Carol like we've seen it so many different times and for them to play with the audience in that way I thought that was really great mm-hmm. because like I thought that the sleazeball LA guy was also a ghost <laughs> too and so like I'm on board with Bill Murray I'm like oh no it is him and he's not just going crazy this is actually happening I thought the waiter uh, was a ghost me too yeah I thought it was everyone in the scene. I'm like, who? one of you guys is the ghost. And I, I just thought that that was really fun and very clever for them to do that. 
uh, because you know it keeps you on your toes and it keeps you guessing. Yeah. And I would never have guessed that it was going to be the taxi cab no. driver. It's like the haunting of Bill House. There you go. Print that. You did it. Did you it. did it. Job's done. I'm going to take the rest of the episode off. Uh, you've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remembered very little, so I got to enjoy it like it was like it was the first time uh, watching yeah. this. And it was, I think, both equal parts hilarious and stressful to watch. Yeah. Uh, and it's just very sad in a lot of parts, too, where you don't expect it. Like, at the end, I uh, had a hard time placing, like, who the frozen person was, like, in the sewer yeah. grate. And I was like, oh, that was his friend from the, well, not really his friend, but the person he met at the homeless shelter. And then when he comes back as a ghost, it's like, oh, that's right. He saw him in present day. He doesn't get to undo that. And that's not really a thing that you get in the Charles Dickens version. Like he gets to kind of undo all the bad stuff. Um, But what I liked about this adaptation is there's still real consequences to the stuff he had done in the past and even in the present um, that he didn't kind of get off like scot-free. So, uh, yeah, it's just a really solid adaptation. Absolutely. And I actually remember um, one of my earliest memories of this movie is just seeing the VHS cover of it at Blockbuster. Yes. Um, And I was terrified because I saw a skeleton on the cover. It's a skeleton in the moonlight and Bill Murray just crazily smoking a cigar. Um, And I was like, oh, no, it's a horror movie. (laughs) I didn't even I never even saw the title. I just saw the picture. I remember like, okay, great. Don't look at this thing. Yeah. You know, if I were to judge a movie by its cover, not what I expected at all. Yeah. Very hilarious. Very heartfelt. I I I remember that VHS cover, too, because I I don't think I thought it was a horror film. I just thought it was something that I didn't understand and therefore (laughs) did not want to engage with it. I don't know what this is, and I don't care to find out. But that was at the same video rental place that had a full-size cutout of Freddy Krueger, and I Mm -hmm. was so scared of him. Uh, And they had him up during Christmas for some reason. Um, I was so scared of him that they put the cutout behind. Oh, it was a Christmas sweater. You're right. (laughs) Head cannon. I was so scared of him that they put the cutout behind... Uh, kind of this this window they had in the back that was lined with Christmas lights. And they said, it's a force field, so we can't get you. And I was like, wow, thinking back on it, it's like, what kind of video rental place would do that today? <laughs> they wouldn't because they don't exist. They don't... But it was really sweet at the time. It was oh, really that's sweet. great. Yeah. Now, Grayson, I forgot to mention on the podcast today mm-hmm. are going to be visited by three ghosts. Oh, OK. The first ghost is the ghost of Christmas headcanon. <laughs> Headcanon. Those are sleigh bells. Oh, I like it. I like. It. They're hanging off the cannon. Now, the Ghost of Christmas Headcanon is responsible for showing you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, now, I know when we reviewed Groundhog Day, we had some headcanon about uh, Bill Murray having a distant brother uh, who also worked in television. You know, he has a type uh, who also went through some kind of existential crisis and became a better person at the end of it. Hmm. Um, but watching this movie completely destroys it because <laughs> they said, your only brother. I was like, dang it! <laughs> Alfred Woodard, I had a plan. That she knows uh, of. 
Maybe he's so disconnected from the other brother. Maybe doesn't even know he exists. Uh, But it did uh, make me think of some headcanon about this particular, uh, you know, Scrooge. So the way this movie opens up is maybe one of my favorite ways any movie opens up. And that's with a fake movie. Yes. (laughs) Very Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Lee Majors. Oh, that was just so great. Look, it's Lee Majors. Lee Majors in The Night the Reindeer Died. Oh, man. Uh, And so that got me thinking about the other um, things that could exist in this world. Mm. Kind of like how uh, Tarantino in his universe, how Kill Bill is part of. Yeah, that's the Fox Force 5 from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, exactly. So um, I I put in there then that Groundhog Day is a movie inside the Scrooge universe. Did it? You retconned the headcanon. Yeah, there it is. That's, that's good. And most Bill Murray movies are in the Scrooge, just because it's so. Basically, after you know he gets fired from being a TV exec, everyone's just like, "Hey, you, you got you got the look." How do you feel about being in movies? And so they just cast him as an actor. Or he's like a actor, writer, director, and he just kind of does everything. So he, you know, yeah. he dabbles in what about Bob? Maybe he writes a little bit. Yeah. I like the idea that all of his movies are just being aired on this network. And it's yes. the Infinite Build channel. That's IBC. Yes. There it is. Headcanon. So I'm gonna go back to the headcanon uh that we kind of hinted at, possibly. Um, that's that the uh, 1955 connection through time travel is not a coincidence, and we know it mm-hmm. from Back to the Future. Um, but I'm going to take it a step farther and say that the ghost of Christmas past is only the ghost of Christmas past because he died in the past, not because he was born there. I believe he was actually born probably uh, in the future. And that he is the taxi driver that drops old Biff off uh, at the the suburbs in Back to the Future 2. And Ah. that when Biff was there, um, he had made some kind of connection with this taxi driver about there being time travel and all that. Through hijinks, this taxi driver ends up... Uh, obtaining some of the DeLorean technology, converts his cab into uh, a time machine and uh, attempts to go back to Christmas 1955. Problem is, he's a cab driver. He's not a nuclear scientist like Doc Brown. So um, he, uh, he gets about halfway, is killed in the process but because he his destination was Christmas 1955, uh, that is his starting point now as the ghost of Christmas past. Um, but he can't go any further than, uh, I don't know, his own present or whatever the Doctor Strange rules are. Uh, so he uh, is basically caught in this loop in the past. I know it's loose, but that's all I got for, the, for that headcanon. Um, I thought I had one other one. I'm looking at these notes, and it looks like a serial killer wrote them. And I, 
don't. Oh, it was it. No, I, it was something about Lee Majors, but that was more of a recast and remake. I think I, I just want them to make that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it was in that scene because when the movie started and I heard the soundtrack, I was like, is this some kind of like parody on a Danny Elfman thing? It's like, it is so Danny Elfman. It almost sounds like Batman and it had a lot of the same tones to it. And then at the end it was like, no, this was legit Elfman. Uh, nice. so I tried to make some connection there that, that, um, the the events that they're portraying is Christmas Town from Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, when they're being infiltrated by some of the other holidays, um, <laughs> and this is just the live action representation of it. Yeah, because if that was claymation, you would totally believe that that is what happened in Christmas Town when Jack yes. kind of opened Pandora's box and all of the different holidays started crossing over. So. Very nice. Yeah, that is my uh, proposed headcanon for Scrooge. Awesome. Now my... Oh, I'm sorry. Grayson, mm-hmm. do, do you hear that? Oh, yeah. What is that? I think I think that's our next ghost. <laughs> the ghost of recast and remakes. Recast, remake. Try to make it a little more Christmassy that time. Very good. It felt very jolly. Yeah. The ghost of recast and remake tells us uh, shows us visions of if this movie were to be remade today in the present, it kind of works. Yeah. Uh, if the movie were to be remade today in the present, uh, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? And I'm going to challenge myself, Grayson. I'm going to not make this a Netflix series. Mm. I'm going to try real hard. Um, I take that back. Trying isn't the same as doing. So here's the thing. I want a three-part miniseries where we just follow the ghosts. Uh, we follow just the ghosts uh, and what they do when they're not. Because uh, they do allude to the idea that they do this gig to other people. Right. Like he said, yeah. oh, will Attila the Hun saw his mother Niagara Falls. Like, oh, that's right. He did go all the way back to Attila the Hun. Thanks for decimating my headcanon. <laughs> Go on. Uh, so I think that that would be a really great series. Just like uh, you just call it present or present. And it's just like all about the different ghosts thing and the, or uh, past, present and future. And just all the different ghosts and like all the different people who they show all these different things to. Yeah. Um, I think that could be fun or maybe just a fun special. Yeah. But if they were to remake Scrooge, um, the person that came to mind very vividly uh jake johnson um i would love him uh just because i love jake johnson and i love how angry he gets i feel like he gets the same kind of angry that bill murray gets (laughs) uh but just archetype uh i thought of two people uh alec baldwin oh he'd be great um just because i know that he can he can go he can he can go and he can play network executives Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's really the reason. <laughs> um, or Nick Offerman. Oh, that'd be interesting. Those are the two main people who came to mind. Um, I could see both of them as ghosts as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. I know Jim Carrey played, um, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge in the uh, Uncanny Valley Disney CGI version of. A Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. um, but I would love to see him do a live action. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, something like this would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Just him without, but him without having to get into a lot of um, Grinch makeup, you know? Sure. I just want Jim Carrey to be around Christmas time more often. Yeah. Uh, Let his skin feel Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But those guys for Scrooge. And I think for the ghosts, for the ghosts of Christmas past, I would love Bill Hader. I feel like he would uh, deliver everything that this ghost delivered and more niagara uh, falls Niag- <laughs> i just love how into every scene that that ghost was it's like it's a bone what gift is it like, he's just yelling and just so into every single scene um and then uh ghost of christmas present uh, you know i mean i just had to make this connection because you know who would have thunk that I was going to see Carol Kane. Carol Kane, yeah. This. Candy um, Kane. Christmas. I would, that was where my brain went. <laughs> Go on. Oh, also Carol Kane. Carol Kane would be a great Scrooge. Carol Kane. Yeah. Lo- a Christmas Carol lo- Kane. Christmas Carol Kane. There we it go. Writes we itself. found it. We found it. You did it. it. <laughs> um, I would love for uh, Ellie Kemper. To be the ghost yeah. of Christmas present. Oh um, yeah, Carol King. Just connection. imagine this Ellie Kemper just destroying <laughs> um, one of the people who I have as Scrooge. And fun fact, Carol Kane actually hit Bill Murray for lots of for most of those hits, uh, with the exception of the toaster, which she came dangerously close to actually hitting him. Hmm. She like slapped him and like pulled on his lips so hard that like they had to stop production for four days. Wow. Interesting Groundhog Day connection. Uh, there's a montage where Bill Murray gets slapped repeatedly in that and gets killed with a toaster. Certainly has a type. <laughs> the Ghost of Christmas Future, we don't ever really see the Ghost of Christmas Future. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, if we can just get Guillermo de Toro to get into that third act. <laughs> you got Doug um, Jones. Playing. And get Man, just get Doug Jones in like one of the creepiest like unsettling looking monsters. Yeah. That's all I want in the third. I just say, just say, listen, this is a collaborative project. Doug, uh, Doug Jones is a ghost of Christmas, uh, future and Guillermo de Toro's third act of Scrooge. I would love yeah. it just to take a hard turn stylistically. Yeah. Doug Jones's skin doesn't get to feel Christmas. <laughs> Only Jim carries hashtag Jim skin. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's a solid cast. I like that. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, so for Scrooge, um, I don't know how the ages really work across my cast, but for each individual role, I'm really happy with what I got here because I would love to see Bradley Whitford as as uh, Bill Murray's character. Um, I've been watching a lot of West oh, Wing. Yeah. I realize that's not exactly what he's like now, but Bradley Whitford is able to play that kind of the comedy and the drama and like turn on a dime. I think Bradley Whitford is one of the most engaging actors to watch in the really world. Is. This is That's my Bradley Whitford crush segment of the show. Yeah. Um, but I really do just want to see more Bradley Whitford. Um, and I think he would kind of channel some of his character from studio 60 as well. Just the way mm-hmm. that he runs a show and carries himself. Um, but he would kind of have to go more towards the, the mean side of things uh, yeah. as well. And so th- that got me thinking along st- the lines of Studio 60. 
uh, if you can't get Bradley Whitford, uh, try Matthew Perry because he yes. can he can do the yelling very well. Yes. That classic Richard Donner loud yelling. Um, so that's what I had for um, had for that. I, I also think Bradley Whitford would wear the hairstyle really well. Um, and then for Claire, uh, aka Karen Allen, aka the mom from Sandlot. Uh, I had yeah. Emma Stone just because yes. I think they're very similar and, and she would be able to do the character. That's where I say I run into some problems with the ages because I'm not totally on board with a love story between Emma Stone and current day Bradley Whitford. <laughs> I don't think it plays like they think it plays. Um, but I think as individual performances, they would do really well. And then for the ghost of Christmas past, I would like to see real life. Andy circus. Um, <laughs> let, let Andy's skin feel Christmas. Yes. Hashtag Jim skin. I <laughs> also had for the, for the ghost of Christmas present, um, keeping that same style that Carol Kane had, uh, with Kate McKinnon. Oh yeah, she'd be really good. Oh, she'd be great. Um, and for the Ghost of Christmas Future, I had Brad Garrett because he's tall. <laughs> he's just tall. That's the only reason why. Yeah, I mean, maybe give him some lines. Brad Garrett's great. Uh, been watching <laughs> Single Parents, and he's hilarious. Um, and then for the um, Bobcat Goldthwait character, um, I had either Zach Woods. Because I think he can play the the frantic element really well, um, yeah. especially when he starts going really dark on like Silicon Valley and stuff like that. Because Bobcat's storyline gets real dark, and I think Zach oh, Woods yeah. could do a great job at it. Or Paul Rubens, because the way that I mean Bobcat Goldblatt and Paul <laughs> Rubens actually have a lot of similarities in the way that they vocalize. So I think it would feel uh, pretty on point and a good a good recasting. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's what I had. Oh, and then for um, for Alfred Woodard's character, um, I had uh, Dana Guerrera uh, from she's Michonne from Walking Dead, and oh, yeah, uh, yeah, she was in Black Panther. Oh yeah, Okoye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think she would be really great and be able to have that pushback that Alfred had in this with. Um, with Bill Murray. I think that dynamic yeah. would play really well. Just kind of like oh, calling man. him on his and, nonsense. And let me just say that this may just be my favorite um, representation of the Cratchits because that I just, I just think that that was just so great. Like it, they, I, the Cratchits in this story, you know, in the original story, it's just like, listen, like they are like poor and like destitute to a degree that um i feel like no one with a heart could deny mm -hmm. um but i i i don't think i've ever seen the cratches be represented as as just a working class yeah uh, and, and it manifests struggling. tiny tim in that way i think is really oh. powerful yeah. and also grayson can you tell me how we manage to have back-to-back -back <laughs> movies with silent kids who will break our hearts. I know. I really thought this movie was going to end with Tiny Tim winning a video game competition. <laughs> and I would have loved it. it would, I would have been on board with it. Am I missing something, little kid? Yes. California. <laughs> California. So sad. So sad. 
Oh, man. Yeah, but to manifest Tiny Tim's affliction as something that is emotional and mental rather than physical, I think, is uh, a really strong move and an interesting take that I don't think really sunk in on first watching, but kind of sitting through and recasting these characters. You think about the different types and you're like, wow, that that's a really great adaptation move of not just rehashing the same thing. Right. He actually made me think of some other casting that I'm going to just go by real quick. Um, someone else who I think would actually be a r- really great Scrooge, um, Donald Glover. Oh, yeah. I would love to see a Don- like basically because Atlanta made me think of it. Uh, basically, the Monday adaptation is it's about a Christmas album. And yes, I know I'm borrowing from the plot line of Pitch Perfect 2, uh, but they're working on a Christmas album and it's going to be the best Christmas album ever. And it's basically a musical. <laughs> and each ghost is like a different artist. Uh, and uh, yeah, anyway. That's good. That's that's a, that's my modern day version of Scrooge. Yeah, for my remake side of it, I would uh, want it to be modern day at like a tech company like a facebook type place oh, yes and i would want it to be produced by hallmark or one of the lower end netflix affiliates and it would be called friends of christmas past and uh yeah he would have to like deal with the people that he had ghosted online grayson did i just give that away this for free is not okay uh, well, first see off- with a circle see with a circle Okay, so Girlfriends of Christmas Past is already a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not Friends of Christmas Past. Uh, Grayson, hmm. make it. All right. Make it You'll see right it now. next Christmas. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Girlfriends of Christmas Past. I'm yeah. looking at it right Just now. Friends. and it, drop, it, drop the girl from Girlfriends. It's cleaner. It's cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. It's so good. Oh no, Grayson. It's it's time for our final ghost. The ghost of Christmas reasons to recommend. Oh no, that's the scariest ghost of them all. Yeah, the clunkiest of ghost you names, just I think. Gotta look at it dead in the face and hope you don't get cremated inside a coffin. Like that was scary yeah oh my gosh like the, oh man we'll, we'll talk about this later in it reminded me segment. of ryan reynolds in uh buried you ever see that oh, that's stressful. yes yeah was haunted by it never that is the worst ha- comedy i've ever seen <laughs> yeah didn't laugh once not once was just scared the ghost of reasons recommend is here to show us why would we recommend the 1988 movie scrooged so grayson answer the ghost well if you were to watch this movie in the future i think that you would find a very heartfelt story that is funny through and through but picks its moments really masterfully um and bill murray i think is the perfect casting for this the only other one in the era that i think they could have done would be steve martin so i would say if you're a fan of bill murray obviously but also by extension steve martin's style they are two sides of the same coin where steve takes on more of a professor role and bill murray's always been more of the class clown rebel but it it is solidly in that 
performance style. And he carries this thing on his back, even though it's a star studded cast, Bill Murray is, I mean, he might have more of screen time than Tom Hanks and Castaway. I don't know. He is in the entire thing. Um, and it's just a really solid adaptation without feeling like it's a paint by numbers rehashing of the source material. Um, so I, I just really enjoyed it. And I wish this had been a movie that had been more of a Christmas tradition when I was old enough to see it. Um, uh, like when I go back home, uh, over the holidays, I, I might try to recommend that we all watch this together. Um, I'm probably going to instantly regret that, but what the heck last year we watched shape of water together. So it can't get much worse than that. <laughs> watch Scrooged. <laughs> Yeah, I would recommend Scrooge because it is such a fun look at A Christmas Carol. Uh, and especially if you haven't seen it in a while, there's so much to look at and to re-remember. Because I realized the thing that we were thinking the movie was, was Groundhog Day, Grayson. Because mm. so many similarities. And the movie just does such a good job at showing how a Scrooge-like transformation can be done um, in a different kind of way, like the same but different. Because I know typically Scrooge is just like so overwhelmed with emotion um, in a different kind of way that Bill Murray delivers differently. Because I felt like he was just so... Not not only overwhelmed by, um, you know, the things that he could have had, um, but the fact that he I think this is the first time that I realized that the thing that Scrooge comes to terms with is his own mortality. He's like, oh, no, I, I'm not going to live forever. Um, like my life ends at some time and. I'm not happy with how I would leave it if I were to die today. Um, and I don't think I ever really got that. This is more focused on him um, and less on, oh, all these other people around me could be doing better because I have the means to help them. He's like, oh, no, my life is garbage. Like, I need to do better for me and also by proxy these other people. Like, they played up the love story in this version way more than they have in any other version. Well, part of that is because they cut out that song in the re-release of the Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> so you're going to lose some chemistry. Yeah, you really are. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think that Scrooge is such a great adaptation of uh, Christmas Carol and one of my favorites, definitely. And um, if, you, if, you, if you like The Christmas Carol... Um, sorry, a Christmas Carol. It's cleaner. Um, you'll really enjoy Scrooge because it, it turns a classic on its head. And I would say also, if you enjoy select scenes from Wolf of Wall Street, there are a lot of similarities. Another movie I will not be watching with my family this Christmas. <laughs> uh, you boy, what day is it? Why, sir, it's some random Friday in late November. Ah, there's still time. There's still time for the release of our review of a Christmas Carol adaptation of Scrooged. Okay. All Thanks. Right. I, all right. All right. Bye. <laughs> all right, guys. So that's our review of Scrooged. 
Let us know what you remember about Scrooge on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. We'd love to talk to you guys over there about all kinds of nostalgia. It's basically our Twitter feed is a day where every day is a ghost of Christmas past day. Just full of regret. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly that. Oh. Uh, and we would love it if you could leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting service platform. Um, a third thing. If you could leave us a review in the form of uh, past, present, or future tense, we'll ne- we'll, that'll just be fun. Just like, I like the podcast. Or, I'm I currently like the liking the podcast. Or I will, I will like the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how, uh, what we're going to do with that feedback, but... Yeah, it'll confuse everyone else, but we'll know it's probably positive. Yeah. Or on like a scale of 1 to 12 Ginsu knives, um, <laughs> you know, if you've never liked a, a podcast enough to give us 12 sharp knives then that would really mean a lot to us. It really would. Yeah, it really would. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Did I forget something, big man? God bless us.